your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 561 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends at Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And it's trade deadline Monday. A lot of excitement, a lot of nervousness in the air, both among Ranger fans and general hockey fans as well. There's obviously a lot that could happen today. And, you know, the Rangers are in a position where they just had an outstanding weekend. We talked about that in great detail in our last episode. Definitely check that one out if you get the opportunity. It was a loaded episode talking about the win over the Lightning, the win over the Canes, uh, the Frank Vetrano trade, you know, some additional thoughts on picking him up and just the trade deadline in general and how the Rangers should approach this. And as I just said, they had a phenomenal weekend going on the road and beating two bona fide Stanley Cup contenders in a back-to-back. They go into Tampa. They take down the Lightning 2-1 to in dramatic fashion. Mika Zibanejad, the game winner, was 16 seconds to go. And then they turn around less than 24 hours later. They go into rally, and they take down the Canes 2 to nothing. Uh, it was closer than even that score would suggest because the Rangers got an empty netter at the end of the game. Uh, but just two tough gritty, grinded-out type wins, uh, playoff-like atmosphere in both games, a lot of intensity, a lot of physicality, a couple of fights. Both these games basically had everything. They were very low scoring, but they were very, very exciting. And it leaves the Rangers in a position here coming into Monday's trade deadline where I think a lot of us, you know, we, we saw everything the Rangers did over the weekend and really the entire season. I don't want to just make it sound like these two games should determine everything that the Rangers should or should not do uh, on deadline day here. But certainly you would think that that would have to bolster this team's chances and bolster its aspirations of landing a significant piece or two uh, before the trade deadline comes and goes this afternoon. And obviously we're going to keep our eye on that. Uh, we will get to all that stuff as it happens. It's been fairly quiet. We're getting into the uh, late morning here on Monday, and there haven't really been too many deals, two very small deals, neither of which include the Rangers, but you get the feeling you know, there's a little bit of a staring contest going on between a lot of these general managers. A lot of them are just kind of waiting for the other one to blink, and sooner or later, you know, we'll uh, we'll get into the uh, the exciting parts of the trade deadline. It's been exciting already. Several teams have already made deals. Obviously, the Rangers already brought in Vitrano, but it tends to get pretty crazy right before the deadline actually happens, and we'll see if that's also the case today. But we're going to handle this trade deadline just as we've done in the previous two trade deadlines in the history of Locked On New York Rangers, and we're basically just going to go minute by minute, hour by hour here, and just kind of uh, look and see what happens with the Rangers, and I'll discuss everything that happens in real time, and then at the very end of the episode, once the trade deadline comes and goes, I'll have my final thoughts on everything that the Rangers either did or did not do. It's only 11.15 as I'm saying these words right now, but uh, obviously uh, we expect action to pick up pretty soon here. And once again, whatever the Rangers do or do not do, we're going to break it down in great detail. As far as 
you know, potential targets for the Rangers. Uh, the guy who's at the top of my list and somebody that I talked about not too long ago is still Max Domi. Apparently, he is not on the ice right now. The Columbus Blue Jackets are practicing, and he's not on the ice. So it certainly seems like he's going to get traded one way or the other. I'd love for the Rangers to add him. He can play all three forward positions. And, you know, just a good two-way forward. He's somebody who... You know, about three seasons ago, had a crazy breakout season for Montreal. Was not quite at a point per game, but he was close. Uh, Has not been able to replicate that kind of offensive prowess in the seasons that have uh, occurred since then. But he's a solid player. He's got position versatility. Somebody who can probably just step right onto the Rangers and fit pretty seamlessly into a middle six role. And if he steps onto a playoff team with some better line mates, then he could potentially see an uptick in his uh, offensive production. Now, Vetrano's played pretty well with Ryan Strom and Artemi Panarin, but if they bring in Max Domi, I'd be very, very curious to see if he gets a crack with Breadman and with Strom or if they just toss him onto the third line. Uh, Max Domi, once again, he remains at or near the top of my list. Some other guys, you know, the Jets are going to be sellers. It certainly seems that way. I mentioned Mark Shifley in a recent episode. I still think that's somewhat of a pipe dream. I just don't think the Jets would trade him. They wouldn't see the need to do that, especially since he has two more years left on his contract. Uh, But two guys who would be rentals to any team that, you know, acquired them in the trade are Andrew Kopp and Paul Stasny. A couple of forwards, a couple of, uh, you know, middle 6S type forwards and guys that could certainly come in and give a boost to the Rangers or pretty much any team. So we'll keep an eye on those guys. If you're still thinking defensemen, which, you know, I could take it or leave it. If there's a significant enough upgrade on Patrick Nemeth, that's one thing. Uh, I could see them maybe bringing in a guy like Calvin DeHaan. DeHaan could really give this team a boost. Uh, Brett Kulak is in on the uh, trade list as well, you know, as far as guys that are rumored to potentially being on the move here. But like I said, you know, we're going to keep our eyes on this. I just wanted to share a couple of introductory uh, thoughts here as we start this episode. Uh, We're going to uh, take a quick pause here, but as soon as anything starts happening involving the Rangers, maybe even a couple of other big moves, we'll talk about that as well. And like I said, we're just going to go through the day here together. It's about 11.15 right now. And uh, we'll just kind of go minute by minute, hour by hour, right up until the trade deadline comes and goes. And then I'll have my final thoughts on everything that the Rangers either did or did not do when that happens. So like I said, that's pretty much the plan for today. But for right now, I just want to take a minute and let everyone know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. It's that time of year again, as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, and just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It's getting toward noon, and uh, no big moves yet for the Rangers, or none that I'm seeing at least. But one move that I wanted to talk about real quick here, uh, because it could indirectly impact the Rangers, is that uh, Marc-Andre Fleury has been traded to the Minnesota Wild. He goes from Chicago to Minnesota in exchange for a conditional second-round draft pick that would become a first-round draft pick if the Wild get to the Western Conference Final and if Fleury wins four games over the first two rounds of the playoffs. And so 
lot to unpack here. For starters, I kind of feel for Cam Talbot, former New York Ranger goalie, and now he's going to face some competition from Marc-Andre Fleury, despite being an all-star this season. So uh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, we'll see if the Wild go with a little bit of a hot hand approach. If you look at Fleury and Talbot, uh, their numbers are very similar. Uh, obviously, Talbot has a much better record because he's on a much better team. But in terms of goals against average and uh, save percentage, very, very similar. So we'll see how that shakes out. But the reason this could impact the Rangers is because Alex Georgiev is somebody that is always rumored to be on the trade block for the Rangers. I mean, this has been going on for, I'd say, bare minimum a season and a half here. He came off of maybe the best performance of his career, a 44-save shutout against the Carolina Hurricanes last night. But that also means that his trade stock is slightly back on the rise, at least a little bit back on the rise. And it's possible the Rangers could look to deal him if it means they could help themselves in another area. Because you got to remember, I, I know Georgiev played well, but in a perfect situation for the Rangers, the backup goalie never once sees the ice in the playoffs. And if it gets to a situation where Igor Shesterkin uh, cannot play, then the Rangers' Stanley Cup chances are going to take a huge hit. So I think the Rangers, if they can move Alex Georgiev as part of a trade package and bring in something significant uh, in exchange for him, I think that's something that they could and probably should do, uh, especially when you consider, you know, Keith Kincaid could be the backup to Igor Shesterkin, and he's done fine in fairly limited action as a New York Ranger over these past couple of seasons here. I think he'd be just fine as a backup and not a tremendous drop-off from Alex Georgiev. Like I said, in a perfect world, neither Georgiev nor Keith Kincaid see the ice a single time in the postseason. Um, but again, Alex Georgiev, could maybe get you something important, somebody that obviously would play. And if that's the case, then I think that's an option that the Rangers certainly need to consider. And once again, the reason why this Flurry trade is impactful as far as the Rangers are concerned, Flurry was going to be the best available uh, trade piece available today. And now that he's off the market, uh, it might be Alex Georgiev. So the fact that Marc-Andre Flurry has been traded gives the Rangers, I would think, a little bit more leverage in trade talks that involve Alex Georgiev, and they might be able to get a little bit more for him than they would have been able to if Marc-Andre Flurry. Uh, up to this minute here had still not been traded because teams are going to look for Fleury, uh, bring him in before they would look to Georgiev in most cases. Uh, but we'll see how it shakes out. Like I said, I think this is a good development for the New York Rangers if they look to trade Alex Georgiev. If they don't, I mean, that's fine too. He can stick around as the backup. But overall, again, this is a early positive development for the Rangers as we approach noon here. And it's a little bit past 12.45 as I'm recording this, and the Rangers have struck for a trade. They sent a third-round draft pick in 2023 to Philadelphia in exchange for Justin Braun. Justin Braun, a right defenseman, 35 years old. He played the first nine seasons of his career with the San Jose Sharks before spending the last three in Philly. Stands six foot two, 205 pounds. Uh, this season, Braun has five goals and 11 assists in 61 games. He is also a plus three. I know plus and minus, it's not the end-all be-all, but I will say anybody that's on the positive side of plus minus playing for the Philadelphia Flyers this entire season, uh, props to that. So so credit to Justin Braun there. Uh, he's also averaged 20 minutes and one second of ice time per night this season, has 79 hits and 114 blocked shots. And, you know, Justin Braun, let me just say, first of all, that he is, you know, a steady veteran defenseman. I think for what he is, he's just fine. I'm just not so sure that the Rangers needed to make this move, first of all, and secondly, that their efforts and their attention today wouldn't have been better served uh, aiming in some other direction other than bringing in Justin Braun for a couple of reasons. For starters, 
Braun is a right defenseman. And if you look at the Ranger depth chart right now, I mean, forget about right and left for a second. If you look at the top four defensemen on the New York Rangers, nobody is touching these guys. Nobody is going to unseat them from the top four. At least I certainly don't think so. Uh, those are, of course, Adam Fox, Ryan Lindgren, Keandre Miller, and Jacob Truba. And as I've said before, I think that quartet is just about as good as any quartet in the NHL. Maybe there's one or two or three that are better than that, but there can't be that many. And they're certainly in that upper echelon as far as, you know, defenseman quartet is concerned. Now, you look at the third pairing, and obviously, it's not quite as fortified as, as the top four, but you've got Braden Schneider on the right side, 20-year-old rookie, first-round pick by the Rangers, somebody who has really met and exceeded all expectations since the Rangers called him up. So, I'm not really feeling the idea of Justin Braun replacing Braden Schneider in the lineup. Like, I'm going to be really upset if that happens. If Justin Braun in this next game against, I think it's the Devils on Tuesday, if he's out in the lineup and Braden Schneider is either a healthy scratch or he's been sent back to the Hartford Wolfpack, I'm going to have a major, major problem with that. I don't see the point in going to Justin Braun, who's 15 years older than Braden Schneider, and going with him instead. I mean, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Again, Braden Schneider has met or exceeded every expectation this season. The other thought that I had was that, well, you know, maybe Justin Braun will step in there for Patrick Nemeth. Maybe Patrick Nemeth will be part of a trade later today, something of a salary dump kind of a situation, and the Rangers will have upgraded their sixth defenseman spot. And if that's the case, I'd be okay with that. But here's the thing. Justin Braun is a right defenseman, and Patrick Nemeth is a left defenseman. And for what it's worth, Braden Schneider is also a right defenseman. So unless Justin Braun is going to switch to lefty, or maybe Braden Schneider is going to switch to lefty, unless one of those two guys changes positions, then I don't see how you get both Braun and Schneider into this lineup, assuming that you're rolling with six defensemen. And we're going to talk about a little bit more about that concept in a second as well. But uh, this is a trade that, you know, again, I think it would make more sense if Justin Braun was a left defenseman because, once again, he could sub in for Patrick Nemeth. Uh, Nemeth could either be scratched or be on his way in a trade. But the bigger picture here, and then the thing that, like, kind of really kind of gets to me here is that the Rangers, for my money, should be looking for a forward. They need more secondary scoring. They need guys that kind of, kind of uh, you know, boost the third line and make the third line better than what it's been all season for the Rangers. I don't think that they need, you know, a sixth or seventh defenseman, which is basically what they're getting in Justin Braun here. I mean, it, it's a pretty crowded picture on the Ranger blue line right now. And again, the fact that he plays right D and not lefty makes it even more confusing. Again, you know, I'm kind of just processing all this information like I'm sure a lot of you are as well. Uh, there is one thing that the Rangers could do, maybe it's what they're going to look to do going forward, that would make this trade make at least a little bit more sense. I'm going to tell you what that is in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Rock Auto. 
com. All right, and just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so as I was talking about just a second ago here, there is one thing that the Rangers could do, a certain strategy they could employ going forward, which would make a little bit more sense out of this uh, trade for Justin Braun. And, well, actually, there's two things. Let, let me start with this first one. There's the, at least the possibility that one of the Ranger current defensemen could be traded uh, before this deadline comes and goes here. If Patrick Demeth is, you know, sent on his way, then that opens up a spot for Justin Braun and Braden Schneider to hold down the third pairing. Although, as we just discussed, that would entail one of them moving from their comfortable spot on the right side to the left side. We'll see if the Rangers consider that an option. It's also possible that the Rangers could maybe be looking to trade one of their current defensemen and pick up somebody pretty significant. That could be Braden Schneider. It could maybe even be Keandre Miller. And for what it's worth, I don't want either one of those guys traded. Those guys look like pillars. They look like stars on the rise. I don't want them traded unless we're getting a serious, bona fide, perennial all-star who's probably signed for just beyond this season in return. You know, somebody like Patrick Kane. If Braden Schneider or Keandre Miller had to be included in a deal for Patrick Kane, I would at least, you know, hear the Rangers out on that. I'm not a big Kane guy because, you know, he does have some character issues, but uh, certainly the guy's a phenomenal hockey player. If something big-time significant is coming in the opposite direction, then I would at least be open to the idea of a Schneider or Miller trade. But again, I am not by any means pushing those two out the door. I think that they could be star defensemen for the Rangers for many, many seasons to come. The other thing that could make some sense out of this, and what I think is probably more likely than what I just said, is that the Rangers going forward could choose to go with seven defensemen. It's a strategy that they've used a couple of times recently. We've seen Libor Hayek mix into the lineup as the Rangers' seventh defenseman twice in fairly recent Ranger history here, I would say, within the last uh, you know three weeks or so, maybe a month. Uh, we've seen the Rangers occasionally go with seven defensemen and 11 forwards, and again, Libor Hayek mixing in as that seventh defenseman. Well, if you want to go with that strategy going forward and you feel like you need a little bit of an upgrade on Libor Hayek and you want to make Justin Braun that guy and you want to go with seven defensemen, uh, this could work. This could work. I mean, you go up against, you know, some high-powered offensive teams in the playoffs. I mean, you know the Rangers, they're going to start with either the Canes, the Penguins, or the Capitals. All those teams can score some goals. They're all tremendously talented teams. If you want to roll with seven defensemen as a way to kind of, uh, you know, maybe win the physical battle and keep these guys a little bit fresh as the game continues and as the series continues, uh, that's an idea. That's something that could work. Again, my preference today all along, and I'm, I'm hoping the Rangers still do have another move in them, was that they bring in a forward, a middle six type guy, preferably somebody that could handle the right wing and somebody that could give you some secondary scoring, which is something that the Rangers have mostly lacked pretty much this entire season. Uh, beyond everything that I just mentioned, there's some other pauses with Braun as well. Again, I don't want to make it sound like he's this terrible defenseman, can't play hockey, can't possibly help the Rangers, can't possibly help anybody. I just think it's a little bit of a weird fit, and I think that the Rangers' priorities should have been elsewhere. But Braun, you know, this is somebody that's got a lot of Stanley Cup playoff experience, which is something that cannot be said for the vast majority of the players on the New York Rangers. In fact, Braun has played exactly 100 career Stanley Cup playoff games. He was on the San Jose Sharks team in 2015-2016 that actually made it to the Stanley Cup Finals before they lost in six games to the Pittsburgh Penguins. On top of that, the Rangers don't have a ton of veterans on this team. In fact, I believe he's now the oldest player on the New York Rangers. It's either him or Ryan Reeves because they're both 35 years old. I'm not sure who was born first. Uh, but he does give you another veteran presence, and particularly on the blue line where nobody's even in their 30s yet uh, besides 
Braun, the oldest Ranger defenseman, not counting Jared Tenorti because he's out of the picture, but the oldest Ranger defenseman is Patrick Nemeth, and he's only 29. Uh, so there are some things to like. On top of that, this guy is a career overachiever. He was a seventh-round pick by the San Jose Sharks all the way back in 2007. He went number 201 overall. So uh, this guy, to say he's a career overachiever is very much an understatement. Uh, there's seventh-round draft picks that never get anywhere near the NHL. And obviously, Braun has had a nice career for himself. I realize that stuff doesn't necessarily help the Rangers now. But if you're into you know pulling for the guys that are career overachievers, maybe you'll like Justin Braun for that reason as well. There's no reason not to... Uh, break this whole thing down from every single angle, including this angle, the very simple fact that the Rangers uh, have not committed to Braun past this season because Braun is in the final season of his contract. He will be an unrestricted free agent when this season ends. So it's not like the Rangers are, are picking up a contract and uh, why are you bringing this guy in? He's overpaid. He's this, he's that. He's only making $1.8 million for the rest of the season. And like I said, he'll very, very likely be on his way when this season concludes. I would imagine he is... Uh, basically the definition of a rental. I can't imagine the Rangers would look to bring him back on a multi-year deal or anything like that. They've got good young defensemen waiting in the wings, and they've got a bunch of young defensemen who are already uh, kicking butt at the NHL level. So, uh, listen, it's not what I would have done. It's not a name that I expected to come up today, talking about Ranger moves and ultimately trading for this guy, but uh, he is a decent player. He can carve out a role for himself on this Ranger team. And I think the price was right. Again, only a third rounder uh, for next season, 2023. So uh, we'll see. I hope the Rangers aren't done. Uh, we'll continue to talk about everything that the Rangers do and do not do in the rest of this episode. Going to take a quick pause here and uh, pick up the recording in just a second whenever there's some other news uh, as far as what the Rangers have done. And the trade deadline has now come and gone, and the Rangers pounce at the zero hour. They acquire Andrew Kopp from the Winnipeg Jets. They also bring in Tyler Mott from the Vancouver Canucks. And I like both these moves a lot. We'll start with Andrew Kopp. He's kind of the headline grabber and, you know, frankly, the better of the two players, probably the guy that's going to have more impact on the Rangers uh, between the two, although Mott's a good pickup as well. I don't want to sell him short. But like I said, we'll start with Kopp. They get Andrew Kopp in exchange for Morgan Barron and two second-round draft picks. Now, I know a lot of people like Morgan Barron, and you can count me among you. I was very impressed by what he did uh, in his limited playing time with the New York Rangers this season. Uh, I don't have too much of an issue giving him up because, I mean, look at this Ranger depth chart right now. And I realize, you know, they've, they've brought in some rentals and some guys that aren't going to be here next season. Maybe there would have been an opening for Morgan Barron next year had the Rangers, you know, hung on to him. But the bottom line is, you know, you can't keep everybody. There's only so many spots to go around. And the Rangers, uh, I think they can stand to lose Morgan Barron. I don't think this is something that's going to come back to bite them in a major way. Again, he had a good all-around game. Uh, looked like he belonged in the NHL, which sometimes is half the battle. Uh, but they just didn't have a spot for him even before they made all these trades. So I'm okay with losing Morgan Barron. I wish him uh, the best of luck in Winnipeg. Hope he goes in there and maybe even gets to play down the stretch for the Jets this season. As for the two second-round draft picks, it can seem a little bit high, but that's pretty much the going rate for a player of Andrew Kopp's quality. When you look at everything that happened around the trade deadline this season, uh, both today and in the days leading up to the deadline, uh, it was a seller's market. There were a lot of players that were going for what seemed like a, a pretty good haul, and the fact that the Rangers were able to bring in Andrew Kopp without giving up a first-round draft pick, and I realize it was two second-rounders, but without giving up a first-round draft pick, I think that's a mini win in and of itself. Uh, so I think uh, Chris Jury has to be commended for that and pretty much just 
everything he's done here at the trade deadline. The Rangers brought in uh, five pieces, if you count a minor leaguer, and they gave up not really a whole lot to do it. I mean, again, I'm not going to sneeze at Morgan Barron and two second-round draft picks. I understand there's value uh, with Barron, and there's value with both of those picks, but this is what you had to do if you wanted this team to get significantly better, which I believe they now have. Uh, Andrew Kopp now in the fold for the Rangers. I should also mention that one of the two second-round picks will actually become a first-round pick if the Rangers make it to the Eastern Conference Final this season and if Andrew Kopp plays in at least 50% of those games. So if the Rangers make it that far, that's obviously a good problem to have. Um, again, he didn't come cheap, but you have to give a little to bring in a player uh, the quality of Andrew Kopp. And so a little bit of a history background lesson here on Andrew Kopp. Fourth-round pick by the Jets back in 2013 has spent his entire career with Winnipeg. He is 27 years old. He's also in the final season of his contract, and he will be an unrestricted free agent next season. And in all likelihood, he's probably going to be looking for a raise on his current salary of $3.64 million, and it will probably be with a team other than the New York Rangers. I do look at Cop probably as a rental. Uh, the only way that maybe this changes is if the Rangers, once again, we, we talked about this the other day as it pertains to Vetrano, but if the Rangers are unable to come to an agreement with Ryan Strom and an extension of some kind, and he walks in free agency, and Andrew Kopp proves to be a little bit of a less expensive signing than Ryan Strom, you know, fewer dollars per season and maybe even fewer years overall, then maybe that's a plan B for the Rangers. Maybe Andrew Kopp stays in the fold uh, after this season. Obviously, you know, he can help his cause by how he plays down the stretch and in the playoffs, uh, both as it pertains to potentially re-signing with the Rangers and also as it pertains to signing elsewhere in free agency. Obviously, the better he does, the better of a contract he's going to get for himself uh, after this season and postseason conclude. But yeah, I mean, six foot one, 205 pounds. He skated in 56 games with the Winnipeg Jets this season, scored 13 goals, dished out 22 assists. So he's got 35 points in the 56 games this season. He's also a plus two overall. He's averaged 19 minutes and 47 seconds of ice time, 35 hits and 36 blocked shots. And he has won 54% of his faceoffs this season, which you guys know I'm a big faceoff guy. I think it's very, very important, especially come playoff time. And as far as, like, you know, general thoughts and just uh, how he might fit in with the Rangers, where you get to all that, too, to me, and I mentioned this in my Locked On Now video that I posted on Twitter a short time ago here, he's somebody who, and I've used this analogy in the past, but I feel like Andrew Kopp is one of those players, he's a B-plus at everything. He can play all three forward positions. He's somebody that can move up and down the lineup to all four lines pretty seamlessly. I don't think he would really uh, feel out of place on any given line. He can play on the power play. I think there's a decent chance we see him on the Rangers' second power play unit as soon as Tuesday night against the Devils. Obviously, the Rangers' second power play unit and, you know, ice time has a factor in this, but they have not really produced a lot of goals this season. So Andrew Kopp can give them a little bit of a boost, and he's somebody that can also kill penalties. And I'd imagine... I would think Greg McKaig will probably be on his way out of the lineup, and we're going to go ahead in just a second and talk about, you know, all the ramifications uh, to the current Rangers and people that might be coming out of the lineup to make room for all these new Rangers that we acquired here today. But if McKaig comes out of the lineup, then maybe we have a situation where Cop takes his place on the penalty kill unit. Uh, Johnny Brodzinski has had some time on the PK, so if he comes out of the lineup, it's possible that Andrew Cop uh, subs in for him as well. It's going to be tough. You know, there's a lot of uh, players on the Rangers right now, especially when you include these three players that they acquired today who deserve to be in the lineup. And facts are facts. There's just not enough room for everybody. Uh, so some players who don't really deserve to come out of the lineup are probably going to come out. Uh, but Andrew Kopp, uh, like I said, he's going to play a big role for this team. Could be on the power play, could be on the penalty kill. 
and uh, just a rock-solid all-around player. Somebody who is known as a defensive forward, but has worked really hard to add some offense to his game in recent seasons as well. And we see that in his point total this season. You know, 35 points in 56 games. That sounds like a third-line player type of production right there. And on top of that, uh, he is very likely going to set a new career high in points. He had 39 points last season. He's got 35 right now, so he could very easily eclipse that, probably will eclipse that. As far as, you know, how he fits into the lineup, and we'll try to figure this out, you know, the big picture here, all these new Rangers, how are we going to work them into the lineup? I would, for right now, leave the top six as it is. You can always move Andrew Kopp up in the lineup onto that second line right wing spot if Vetrano does not work out with Panarin and Strom. You kind of have that move in your back pocket. But for Tuesday, I'm going to leave Vitrano with where he's at. We're not going to touch the top six. Vitrano's only been with the Rangers for three games. And I just like that combination of him playing with Panarin and Strom because he is such a sniper and they're such great passers. He's going to get a lot of opportunities to put the puck into the net. He's got a heck of a shot. So I'd like to see those three remain together. I think for the third line, we're going to go with Philip Hedl at center, Barclay Goodrow on the left wing, and give me Andrew Kopp on the right wing. That is a nice third line. There's a very good mix of speed, scoring ability, toughness, uh, defensive responsibility. And, you know, saying those three names out loud, Heedle, Goodrow, Cop, that sounds like a third line, a bona fide third line, and a better third line than we've seen the Rangers be able to put on the ice all season up to this point. Uh, I would maybe prefer Cop at center and Heedle on the wing, just because, first of all, I think Heedle, like I've said, is much better suited to play on the wing than he is at center. Cop is also a far better faceoff man. Again, 54% success rate for this season. But we've been over this several times. The Rangers just seem to like Heedle at center, and I don't know that they're going to make that change. But if it were up to me, it'd be Cop at center, Goodrow on the left wing, and uh, Heedle on the right wing, where you can better take advantage of Heedle's speed and he doesn't have to you know, worry so much about face-offs, and there's also a little bit less defensive responsibility, and Kopp is, you know, the better defensive forward of the two between himself and Philip Heedle. Definitely want to point the spotlight at Tyler Mott here as well. The Rangers pick him up from the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for just a fourth-round draft pick, and again, Tyler Mott, not a superstar player, but the price is definitely right. I have no issues giving up a fourth-rounder from 2023 to bring in a player like Tyler Mott who can kind of round out the bottom of the order and uh, give you a little bit more depth, but Mott, 27 years old, Five foot ten, 192 pounds. He was a fourth-round pick by the Chicago Blackhawks back in 2013. He went number 121 overall, just 17 picks after Andrew Kopp. They were picked in the same draft class, in the same round, in fact. But Mott spent one season with the Chicago Blackhawks. He spent one season with the Columbus Blue Jackets and has played the last five years of his career with the Vancouver Canucks. This season, he has skated in 49 games. He's got seven goals and eight assists, a total of 15 points. He is a plus three overall. He has also dished out 90 hits and blocked 51 shots. Plays left wing and right wing. Doesn't really play a lot of center, but two out of three isn't bad. And by the way, I should also mention the fact that he has 15 points. He is just one shy of his career high, which he set three years ago. But Tyler Mott, somebody that is being brought in to kind of round out the bottom six, be a depth piece. Uh, I would imagine he would be in the lineup on Tuesday against the Devils. But you know, I, I don't know that there's any guarantee that Tyler Mott is a slam dunk to be in the lineup every single night. You know, there's a lot of Rangers who have played well, and it's very, very crowded, and it's a good problem to have. But again, there's going to be some players who deserve to be in the lineup who are not going to get to be in the lineup. It's just a numbers game right now. Uh, but like I said, Mott, I, I believe, will be out there against the Devils. We'll see how he does. Uh, has a reputation of being kind of a scrappy player. 
And despite never being the biggest guy on the rink, he's somebody who does play physical. He hits. I mean, he's got 628 career hits in 260 games. And keep in mind, he's done all that while only averaging 12 minutes and 57 seconds of ice time for his career. So again, just a really nice trade. The price was definitely right, only giving up a fourth rounder and bring him in to be a depth piece. I would say, you know, for the fourth line on Tuesday against the Devils, I will take Tyler Mott at left wing. Give me Ryan Reeves at right wing. I'd really like to have Dryden Hunt in this lineup because I do think that he plays his tail off and has exceeded expectations this this season. But we need a center for this fourth line. So probably either Brodzinski or McKay at center. And I would say Brodzinski. I think he just brings a little bit more to the table than Greg McKay does. But knowing the Rangers, they'll probably have Greg McKay out there at center. Uh, he probably has a tighter grip on a roster spot than most people realize. I would imagine he'll come out of the lineup here and there. The Rangers can kind of mix and match some of these guys depending on the matchup. You know, if they need more speed, they can go with this lineup. If they need a little more toughness, they can go with that lineup. Another option is you could put Dryden Hunt on the third line and drop Barclay Goodrow down to the fourth line and then not have Brodzinski or McKay in the lineup at all. But like I said, there's a ton of options. I'm still in the phase where I'm just kind of processing all this and getting some kind of an idea of how the Rangers can look to line up on Tuesday night. I'm sure a lot of you are feeling the same way, but this is very, very exciting. This is exactly what we said the Rangers needed to do at this deadline. They needed some secondary scoring. They got it, and they needed just more depth in general, and they got that too. And the biggest thing that the Rangers could have done to help themselves coming out of this trade deadline was to make that third line the best that it's been all season. And I think they've done that because now you've got guys like Andrew Kopp that you can play there. Uh, Philip Heedle, obviously he was here all along, but he's played a lot better. You can put Barclay Goodrow there. You can put Tyler Mott there if you want to give him a shot in a top nine role. They got some options. Johnny Brodzinski, you know, he's played well. So the bottom six, but especially that third line looking much, much better than it did as recently as just a few hours ago. One other minor trade that the Rangers made today is they sent Anthony Boteto to the San Jose Sharks in exchange for Nick Merkley. And Boteto, you guys probably remember him from last season, got a cup of coffee with the Rangers, played a couple of games here and there, but uh, never really stuck. And somebody that I don't think the Rangers really had any big plans for, especially when you look at uh, all their young defensemen and all the defensemen that are already established on the New York Ranger team. Uh, you know, Anthony Boteto was never going to find his way back into this lineup, I don't think. They get... Nick Merkley in exchange for him. Now, Merkley is interesting because he's just 24 years old. He was a first-round draft pick back in 2015 by the Arizona Coyotes. They took him number 30 overall. He played a grand total of one game with the Coyotes. And then in 2019-2020, four games with the Devils. Then the following season, 27 games with the Devils. And this season, nine games with the Sharks. That all adds up to 41 career NHL games, four goals and 11 assists for a total of 15 points. So somebody that, at least as of yet, hasn't lived up to being a first-round pick. But the fact that we got a former first-round pick for Anthony Boteto, yes, yeah, sign me up. That's a great trade. Again, I know very little about Nick Merkley. I've barely heard of him at all. But uh, maybe a little bit of a pep project, somebody that you could put on there with the Hartford Wolfpack and just see how he does. Uh, I don't see him cracking this lineup this season, especially when you consider all the new players that the Rangers just brought in. But another nice little move, under-the-radar move by Chris Drury here. There's certainly nothing to lose. The fact that they only gave up Anthony Boteto in order to get Merkley. So... That's pretty much it. Just a very, very eventful trade deadline afternoon for the New York Rangers. They strike a couple deals at the zero hour. I was kind of nervous. I really didn't want Justin Braun to be the only pickup in addition to Frank Vetrano a few days ago. Uh, I really wanted the Rangers to add some depth pieces as far as forward was concerned, and they definitely did that. And then some picking up Andrew Kopp, which I think is just a fantastic 
addition for this New York Ranger team. Very much looking forward to seeing what he can do. And to a lesser extent, Tyler Mott. I think he can run out the bottom six in a very effective way as well. And there's going to be competition for playing time and who gets to dress on what night and who gets to play on what line. And cliche or not, that makes everybody better. So I could not be much happier with what the Rangers did at this trade deadline here. I mean, I know, you know, maybe people wanted them to go for a superstar type player, but uh, Drury acquired five players in the last week. He gets Vetrano, he gets Braun, he gets Cop, he gets Mott, and he gets Merkley. And he didn't really give up a whole lot to get these guys. I mean, again, Andrew Cop, the two second rounders, I get that. And, uh, you know, losing Morgan Barron is unfortunate, but a necessary evil to bring in a player of Cop's quality. Uh, besides that, I mean, he's given away third round picks, fourth round picks. They made this team quite a bit better, and they did it without you know, selling their whole future down the river, basically. So a uh, very, very effective trade deadline. If I'm going to put a grade on it, I would say maybe like probably B plus, A minus. Braun, to me, is still kind of an odd fit, but I love the cop pickup. I like the Mott pickup. I think the Vetrano pickup was really nice as well, especially with Mott and Vetrano, especially when you consider the fact that they didn't give up much to get either player. And even this trade for Merkley, I mean, the fact that you're only giving up Batetto to acquire a former first-rounder, Job well done. Has to be somewhere in the B-plus, A-minus range at the very least. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. We will continue to talk about these trades in the days and weeks forthcoming here. And obviously, I'm very much looking forward to seeing a lot of these players making their New York Ranger debut on Tuesday against the New Jersey Devils. Cannot wait to see all these new guys in action and see how they kind of uh, fit in with the Rangers and where they're playing and who are their linemates, all that good stuff. Cannot wait to watch this team back in action on Tuesday against the Devils. And keep in mind, they're coming off back-to-back -back wins against the Lightning and Canes. So if you needed any more reason to be excited about this Ranger team, I think you got it today in the form of these trades acquisitions. But yes, that will do it for today. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Would definitely love to hear from some of you guys. If you have any thoughts on some of these wheelings and dealings that the Rangers had, definitely reach out to me. Maybe I'll even read uh, your questions or comments in a future episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're breaking down everything that happens between the Rangers and Devils, as well as assessing the performance of the newest members of the New York Rangers. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.